Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Hey, good morning, Crossing Church. How are you doing this morning? You know, yeah. Yeah, you know how weak that was, don't you? Yeah. Good morning, Crossing Church. How are you doing this morning? Attaway. Hey, all of our locations. I just want you to look around you right now. Just look all around you. Just look around, right? You're looking at the core right here, okay? This is like, this is like the special forces of, of the crossing because when it's six degrees outside and you say, hey, get up. We're going to church. That's why I'm, I'm going, yeah. You know what? That, God is going to bless that. God's going to bless that. So I want to welcome all of you from all of our locations all around this region coming to worship God and be in community with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You guys are awesome. If you're inside, online, .tv, we're so thankful for each and every one of you. And uh, it is an exciting time to be part of the crossing. You might think, well, you know, it's kind of cold and it's winter and stuff like that. Listen, we had 17 baptisms last week. We had, we had 17 baptisms the week before that, and we had 27 baptisms the week before that. So let me tell you, that's 60, 61 baptisms in the last three weeks. So let me tell you what that means. That means God is moving. That's what that means. He's moving in the hearts and in the lives and in the minds of people and their families, and there's no doubt about it. You know, every, it seems like every year... When we schedule Encounter, which is our student retreat, winter retreat at the camp, every single year where we schedule that, that's going to be the weekend where we're going to have some, some sort of snowpocalypse or some sort of, what are they, freeze bomb or whatever they call that, you know. I don't remember. But anyway, you know, something like terrible happens and, uh, and uh, they're up there right now. They're at camp right now. And I know that in spite of weather and stuff like that, God is going to move in those students' hearts and lives. And he's going to be changing people for generations to come because of the decisions that are going to be made at Student Encounter this weekend. What I want you to do right now is pray with me that God would do an amazing work, even today, even right now, at Student Encounter. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, from all of our locations, from everybody that's joining on this uh, frigid Sunday morning, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit cuts through all that in the lives and the hearts of these students that are meeting right now. And I pray that you would produce a harvest that uh, no one can mistake for your movement uh, in their lives. And I pray, Father, that you would accomplish great and mighty things because of this time that was set aside for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're in a series that we're calling Closed on Sunday. And I know that that has been confusing, especially this weekend, because I imagine there are some churches that are actually closing. And uh, when we say closed on Sunday, what we're talking about is every other thing. Every other thing in your life that gets in the way of your priority with God, that's what's closed on Sunday because I'm going to be available for God. I'm going to be available for his people. I'm going to be available for his community, and I'm going to let him speak into my life uh, on the Lord's day. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what closed on Sunday means. And it's a challenge 
to look at all the things that we do, all the things that we prioritize, and to seek to put them first uh, behind all other priorities, okay? So the truth is, listen to this, the average person at the crossing, and we can do this, we can track this, the average person at the crossing attends 1.6 to 1.8 times a month. 1.6 to 1.8 times a month. Now that is not how we were designed. I don't know where we got the idea that we didn't need to be around our Christian family as much. Like, well, we were a lot more self-contained. But the Bible's very clear in its teaching that we were designed to pursue our faith together. And there is a basic concept about pursuing our faith together. And there, we've actually isolated 10 things, 10 ways that we do that, that we do on every weekend, every time we meet together to worship, all 10 of these things we do. They're listed in Acts 2.41 to 47. That is the, the birth of the church. And we still do that. 2,000 years later, we're still doing all 10 of those things. But when we get kind of in our own worlds and we start negotiating, we kind of start stepping out of that and think that we can manage on our own, I think that's a bad place. Because I think God designed us a different way. They were, we were designed to do these 10 things in community. We were not designed to do these by ourselves. So in the first week, we spoke about baptism, right? Because baptism is stepping over the line. Baptism is the way, it's, it's basically the sinner's prayer. It's the way you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart on his terms, First uh, Peter three twenty one. So it's, it's actually the way that we do that. And you know what? You preach about that. Three weeks ago, I preached about that. And look what happened. Okay, because that's telling you something else. That's telling you the power of the Word of God and what the Word of God can actually do. So baptism is something that we're supposed to experience together. We're supposed to celebrate together. New life, that new birth. Uh, that uh, identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, super powerful thing. And it's something that we experience in community, right? Second thing that uh, we talked about in this series was authority. And it's interesting because, you know, I, I think that authority is one of the, the most uh, difficult things to actually preach or teach about. There's a lot of friction when it comes to authority because we just don't like people having any control over us or we don't like people having any say over what we do in our lives, you know? And so I was talking about church authority. It was, I was so amazed how well uh, you all received uh, that lesson uh, because it says in Acts 2.42 that they, they were devoted to the apostles' doctrine. The apostles were the authority, right? And they were, they were uh, devoted to that. And we learned about how God instituted church authority. And I even shared a little bit about what it's like when you're in authority, what it's like, the kind of stuff that you get. And I shared some stuff about how people, you know, what kind of frustrating things that you hear every week, how Clayton got 52 phone calls that very day, you know, on, on Thursday and, and uh, how we got letters from people saying, hey, I'm not going to go to this whole series, going to miss the next 10 weeks because we don't like Kanye West or people getting mad about the donuts. So I got this other anonymous letter. 
And I want to read it to you, okay? Because I'm going to tell you, this is a facetious letter in a positive way. So this is somebody who was listening to what I was saying and then going, I'm going to encourage Jerry in this just really uh, silly way, okay? And I started reading this letter. Of course, when you first start reading it, you're going, oh, this is another disgruntled church member. Only you figure out in a little bit, it's really not, okay? So it doesn't say, dear Jerry, it says, so Jerry. (laughs) So I'm going, oh, here we go. So Jerry, I wanted to let you know how unhappy I am that we do not have more locations. It has been too long since we have blessed a new town. I'm going to keep supporting Wreck the Roof to force you to add more. I'm like, yeah, okay. I would... (laughs) Yeah, paragraph number two. I was so upset when, uh, uh, when you decided to stop wasting money on donuts that I'm also going to continue my regular giving. Some of you aren't laughing. <laughs> Purchasing that camp so we could stop uh, renting other people's was also a sore spot for me. Why did, why did you wait so long to do it? I am so upset about these and other things too numerous to mention that I am going to be at church every Sunday so I can keep my eye on you. God bless XOXOXOXO. Lots of hugs and kisses on that one. All right. (laughs) I really appreciate that. I appreciate the humor of that. So with church authority, we see how God designed the church to function to accomplishes the purposes that he sets before us. Then we talked about the truth and the power of the word of God itself and what it accomplishes when it gets inside your heart, how it changes your heart. And it is so powerful. You know, it says in itself that the word of God is it's powerful. It's quick and powerful. It's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And inside of there, you know, God, he is able to put his word into those places and you're never the same again. Now the word of God's a great thing, but you know what it needs? It needs a delivery system. The word of God needs a delivery system. I got to ask you a question. All of our locations, ready for your hands to go hands up on this one if it's true. How many of you have ever used Amazon? I want to see. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of Amazon users. Here's the next question. How many of you use Amazon Prime? Oh, yeah, even more. That's weird. But anyway, (laughs) do you realize what Amazon is? It's mail order. We don't use that term anymore, but it's mail order. And mail order is nothing new. I mean, how, you, how many of you remember a Sears catalog or a Montgomery Ward catalog? That's mail order, right? So this is not a, a new idea. As a matter of fact, I bet there's not a single person at the crossing that would be able to tell me the first company that ever did mail order. And I'm just going to say, shame on you women. Because it was Tiffany's. 1845, they had, of course, what they would call, of course, the blue book of Tiffany's. And that was 30 years before Montgomery Ward or Sears and Roebuck, right? But it has come a long way, hasn't it? 
mail order has come so far that it's like big box stores and all kinds of other stores are actually going out of business because of the power of mail order. Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, is now the richest man in the world. And how did he do that? How did Amazon do that? I know they have a great selection, like you can buy literally anything, but it's not just that. You know what it is? It's the delivery system. It's the delivery system. I mean, we were having Christmas at our house and you're tearing open the wrapping paper and guess what you keep seeing underneath the wrapping paper? A box with an arrow on it, right? Because like a lot of people that did their Christmas shopping did it from Amazon, right? Everything from A to Z, that's what that arrow does. Listen, when God gave us his word, he didn't just give us this extremely powerful word. He also gave us a delivery system and that delivery system enables the word to penetrate our hearts. And one of these 10 things in, that we're learning in this Closed on Sunday uh, sermon series is about this delivery system. Because it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So you put apostles and you put teaching together. And it's not just the word and it's not just the authority. It's the delivery of that word by that authority. Now, there's a great delivery system here that we're going to discover, and it has different aspects to it. Like the most perfect delivery system of the Word of God is simply reading the Word of God. Just read the Word of God. You know why that's like the best? It's because when you read the Word of God, it is God talking to you. It is. So like, when you hear me preach a sermon, there's a lot, I got a lot of uh, you know, illustrations and personal things, and I, I'm putting a lot of filters in that. But when you just read the Word of God, that's just God. It's just God talking to you. Some of you have said before, well, I wish I could hear God. I wish God would speak to me. Well, just open and read. Because he has talked to you. He is talking to you. You just need to read his Word. It's, the, it's perfect to read God's Word. But that would have been a big problem during Jesus's time. You know why? Nobody could read. The literacy rate 2,000 years ago was this, 1%. Now we know that in Hebrew culture because of the way that synagogues were organized. Synagogues were organized around men and there had, there had to be at least one out of every 50 men that had the ability to read so they could read the Torah, there had to be at least one man. And almost no women were literate in those days. So uh, one out of 50, and then you're talking about 50 women, so that'd be one out of 100, 1%, 1% literacy rate. So what did that mean? It meant that the word of God had to be communicated orally. A person couldn't just read the word of God. They had to hear the word of God read. Or they had to hear the word of God expounded upon because they could understand that. But they could neither read it nor write it, right? This is why Paul instructs Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13. He says this, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Because people were receiving the word of God orally. It's the only way they could. 
right? And Paul knew the power of the word itself. People just needed to hear it. People hear the word of God, bam, stuff starts happening, right? That's why, that's why right away I preach a sermon on baptism, 27 people say, yep, I'm going to do it. That's why in three weeks, 61 people say, I'm going to do it. That's why at Jacksonville this weekend, they're either going to have six or seven baptisms. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Praise God for that. There is a, there is a purity to just hearing the word or to reading the word of God, because it is God speaking directly to you. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit will move through his word, through that delivery system. He will move through that and he'll start revealing things to you about you. He will. You remember, some of you have heard me say this before. The best sermons you ever hear are the ones you don't hear. You remember that? It's because what happens is when I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit will take over the conversation. And suddenly, you're not listening to me anymore. You're having a dialogue with him. And a lot of us don't even know that's happening. And things are starting to be revealed to you. And you're starting to understand things personally. And you're not listening to me anymore. You've taken an off-ramp. And it's the world's best off-ramp. Because that's when, that's when God really takes ground in your life. And so we want to be people who are readers and listeners to the word. We need to be devoted to that. We need to be devoted to the public reading of God's word. Services should speak the word. Sermons should be filled with the word. You shouldn't hear a sermon that like concentrates on three words in the Bible. You need to be hearing the word because there's a purity in that to God actually speaking, and it has power. We know that because Paul said in Romans 1.16, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. The power of God is in his word. The word of God has incredible power for your life and my life, but there has to be a delivery system that works. There has to be a delivery system so that I can receive that. There's a story in Acts chapter 8 about an Ethiopian eunuch who's on his way from Jerusalem back to his native land of Ethiopia. He's a wealthy man. He's the treasurer of the entire country, like the secretary of the treasury. He's gone to Jerusalem to purchase a scroll, the scroll of Isaiah. And he has stopped with his entourage, his caravan, and he's inspecting this scroll and he's reading this scroll. And the Holy Spirit picks Philip up and sets him down by this guy and says, I want you to hear what's going on and I want you to get in a conversation with this, uh, this man who's reading the word of God. And so we pick up, uh, pick, it, pick the story up in Acts 8, 30 and 31. It says this, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. Listen to the response. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. You know, this story has an incredible ending. He tells him all about Jesus. He uses the scripture from Isaiah to tell him about Jesus. And then they're going along 
And, and the, uh, the Ethiopian says, here's water, why can't I be baptized? I mean, he just took that and personalized it. The word of God spoke to him. And he personalized it, and Philip took him down. It says they went down into the water. Philip baptized him. They came up out of the water, and the Spirit just caught him away. And it says that the Ethiopian went on his way back home rejoicing. And he took that message with him. You know he did, right? We're in the very same situation today. Same situation. We have all these eternal truths of God, but sometimes we have a hard time understanding them. We have a hard time understanding how they go together. And so Paul addresses this delivery system in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Listen to what it says. How then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So he puts, put this in reverse with me. Let's put it in reverse. Preachers preach the word, right? People hear the word. People believe the word. And then they call on the name of the Lord. And then they're saved. That's what happens. So the delivery system is, is contained in the word of God itself, but it has to be delivered. You have to, you have to uh, refer to it. You have to read it. It has to be heard. Someone has to speak it, right? And that's the reason 61 people in the last three weeks have been baptized. It's because of the word of God. It is not because of the preacher. All the preacher does is deliver it. It's the word of God that has the power. There, there is a truth in preaching the word. And that is, it always will get a response. When you preach the word, now that's different than me preaching my own opinion about something, okay? Because who cares? You all have one, I have one, we all have opinions. But when you preach the word, the word has power and there'll be a response to the word of God. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's saying, when I give you the word, it is designed for a response. And it's a response that I've been looking for. And it's good. just as sure as it rains and snows and it makes flowers grow, that word is not going to come back to me void. The response is not because of clever preaching. It's not because of entertaining preaching. It's the power of the word itself. Do you know that the Apostle Paul, which we would all consider a great preacher, actually considered himself a pretty poor preacher? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, he said this, For since... In the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased, listen to what he says, through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1, and 1 to 5, right after that, it says, Now when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. 
For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest in men's wisdom, but on God's power. Wow. Okay, so some of you are going, well, oh, it came with a demonstration of God's power. Does that mean that uh, Paul worked miracles? Well, maybe it does. But let me tell you, whatever miracle the Apostle Paul ever worked doesn't even come close. Doesn't even come close to 61 people turning their hearts and lives over to Jesus Christ. Doesn't even come close. That's power. Now, listen, I'm not saying that there isn't a place for good illustrations and great stories. I'm not saying that illustrations and stories are a waste of time, that they're not great tools for preaching. And the reason I'm telling you that that's not, that's not true is that one of the greatest preacher of all time was Jesus Christ, and he was a genius when it came to storytelling and to giving illustrations. He was incredible. And you know why? Because illustrations and stories are windows that people can look through to discover the deeper truths that are trying to be related. I, I, I could go up to you and I could say, hey, what did I preach two weeks ago? And you wouldn't have a clue, right? But if I mentioned to you what, a couple of words of a story, you could tell me the whole story. It's amazing how well we remember stories, how well we remember illustrations. We remember them way better than we just remember you know, that deeper truth. And it connects us to the deeper truth and that's why they're necessary. Think about when Jesus was preaching. He would say things like this. Well, the kingdom of God is like, and then he would tell a story or he'd give an illustration, right? Can't you just see Jesus? Can't you just see him walking along and there's somebody selling seed on the roadside, you know, and he hands the guy a, a coin and he gets down a handful of seed and he's holding this handful of seed and he says, you know, the kingdom of God is like a man who broadcasts seed onto the soil. And then he throws a little of it in the path right in front of him. And some of it went on a path. And of course, all these birds swoop down and take the seed. And then the birds, and then he'll say, and the birds swooped down and, and took the seed away. And some uh, of, of the word of God, when it goes out, when it hits this kind of soil, and he threw it a, among rocks, like there were some rocks over there, and he, there's lots of rocks in Israel. And he threw some rocks in some rocks. And then he talked about how they couldn't get rooted. And then he said, and some of the seed went over on the, in a thorny ground, and he throws it into these thorn bushes. And then here's a well-tended farm, and he says, and some of that seed went into the good ground, the fertile soil. And it produced a harvest. He was just given an illustration. He was just opening a window for people to understand the power of the word of God. The kingdom is like a person who broadcasts seed on the soil. Or he said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And maybe there was a, a mustard bush on the edge of a garden because that's where they were planted. And there were birds going into where they had 
built nests, and he tells that story. Or the, the, the kingdom of God is like a man who traveled off to a far country, and he tells that story. Or it's like leaven in a lump of dough, like, like the yeast that makes it rise. Or it's like a merchant seeking fine pearls. Or, or it's like a treasure hidden in a field. Or it's like a big fish net that goes out and all these different kind of fish are caught up in that net. Or it's like 10 young women that are on their way to a wedding. And he tells that story. That's great. If you're telling a story or you're illustrating a story so a person gets a better bead on the word of God, well, that's just great. The problem is there's a lot of sermons today that are more stand-up comedy. They're more of a mass therapy session. They're more of a political platform or they're more family counseling. Now, I'm not saying all that stuff is important. But I am saying that it's awfully easy when you're standing up here to give in to the felt needs of the world around us and to fail to see the very real needs that we all have that only the word of God can fill. And we need that word of God. You know why? Because it's what changes you. And that's why when preachers are ordained, now preachers have been ordained ever since Paul ordained Timothy. When preachers are ordained, they always read from the same passage. And it's always read uh, with authority. And it's uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. I'm going to read it to you because all of us that have ever had hands laid on us and set apart for uh, ministry of preaching the word of God have heard these words for 2,000 years. In the presence of God... And of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. What is it? Preach what? The word. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and with careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is what I'm saying. It's the word of God that we need because it's the word of God that's gonna change you. It's not something clever. Can I get a witness for that? Is there anybody that believes that? Listen now, listen. I need truth. So do you, not lip service. I need light, not rose-colored glasses. I need holiness, not popularity. I need peace, not politics. I need joy, not junk. I need eternal things, not disposable things. I need treasure in heaven, not trinkets. I need discipleship, not Google. I need good seed, not spoiled fruit. I need deep roots, not plastic plants. I need living water, not an empty cup. I need a sharp sword, not a butter knife. I need a good teacher, not a yes man. I need a cloud of witnesses, not an echo chamber. I need a divine purpose, not a distraction. I need a life, not a coping mechanism. So preach it. Yeah. 
Preach the word. Hit me with your best shot. Back around 2003, a group called Mercy Me wrote a song. A lot of times we remember the song I can only imagine that they wrote, but they wrote another song that was incredible. It's called Word of God Speak. And the words are, Word of God Speak. Would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. The word of God has spoken. His name is Jesus. And the word of God is before you. Everybody has got a smartphone. It's right there in every translation, in every language, in all kinds of ways. You've got it right there, free, right in front of you, right now. You've got it. It needs to be delivered. It needs to be delivered from there into here. So I promise you, all of our locations, inside, online, .tv, anybody is on this stage, are going to preach the word to you. Because we need it. You need it and I need it. We need it every week. Not 1.6 times a month, every week. And it doesn't need to be just then. We need the word of God to speak. We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.